Dear listeners, this is Interfaith-ish. I'm your host, Jack Gordon, and typically you can find us live on the air every other Wednesday on Tacoma Radio, where we bring you bold conversations about what we believe, why we believe, and how we navigate the common ground and differences between our traditions. In this special episode, Interfaith-ish goes to the movies. We'll be reviewing the new documentary, Hail Satan, a film chronicling the extraordinary rise of one of the most colorful and controversial religious movements in American history. That's right, we're bringing Satanists into the interfaith fold. How's that for some ish? In this thought-provoking and oftentimes hilarious documentary, director Penny Lane follows members of the Satanic Temple as they organize public actions designed to advocate for religious freedom and challenge authority. Is this a media hoax or a serious religious group? How do we understand the film's story in the context of religious liberty? And are Satanists welcome at the interfaith table? We get into all of that and more, so hold on to your pitchforks. It's time to get into some interfaith-ish. All right, so first of all, I just wanted to say thanks to the museum for, for having us here. It's really great to, to be able to have this experiment in our, in our show and trying something new out with, with doing our little movie review and everything. It's fun. We're here with... Dr. Sabrina Dent from the Museum's Religious Freedom Center. Yeah. We're with Charles Watson from the Baptist Joint Committee on Religious Liberty. We're with Derek from the Capillaria Satanists and the interfaith astronaut Miranda Hofmeyer. Holding so, it down for the secular humanist. There you go. Right there. Excellent. Cool. So, so for, for listeners who don't know, basically this documentary looks at the origins of the Satanic Temple, this group that has its roots actually in very recent history that it's only a few years old it's a group that came about as a response to what the members of of the community felt were um, some some very serious religious liberty challenges um, and and really providing an alternative viewpoint to what they consider to be Christian supremacy happening here in the US and it goes through a number of examples some of which being public prayer at, at um, city council meetings, some of which having to do with the establishment of, of Ten Commandments, statues, monuments on the grounds of government buildings, and just generally this idea also that Satanism is, is inherently a negative thing. And so this, this documentary is, is presenting us with a pretty surprising and enlightening story of, of this group that lots of people may have a, an, a, an opinion on, a negative opinion or negative impression of, and showing as, uh, the, the human side to, to, to who these people are and how it is that they're not just talking about the theology of the group, but the political action, particularly around uh, religious freedom mm-hmm. in our country. Yes. So first thing I want to just uh, ask you, what did you guys think of the movie? What were your first impressions of, of this film? You know what? I, wow. Because the first thing that struck me were the words that were used as far as goodwill, um, benevolence, um, and about humanity. And the Things that you why, wouldn't the, necessarily associate with Satan or Satanists. Not, not necessarily uh, for most people, right. right? So, But it was just... 
from the beginning, um, this sense of like humanizing people and ideas and um, in this movement of religious liberty. And I was just like so fascinated and drawn into that. Um, so yeah, for me, that was like the thing that stood out and that was at the top of the movie. Right. So yeah, so I really appreciated this and the commitment, the level of commitment to protecting religious liberty for all. It wasn't to overshadow, but to walk beside and be present with. And so I appreciated that so much in this movie. Mm-hmm. Great. So, any other other impressions, things that you got from from this is your first time seeing the the, the film, Charles? What did you think? I was very impressed with the tenets of the Satanic Temple, but I also was impressed with the fact that they didn't just um, come off as a group that was trying to be against something just mm-hmm. for the sake of being against it. Um, the documentary did a good job of going through the history of how the idea of the United States becoming a being a Christian nation was actually formed um, mm-hmm. and, and how it was developed. And it, it really, if you look at the founding documents, it's clear to see that it's not a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like the fact that they, they didn't try to um, come off as, oh, we're trying to take over the world right. Right. <laughs> with our with idea. No, we're trying to make the world an even place. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're against making it even, then you need to look in the mirror at what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek, what about what about with you? How do you feel the Satanists were represented in this film? I was really happy with it. I, I do want to say up front that I, while I'm a member of the Satanic Temple, I do not speak on their behalf or anything. And uh, Capillary Satanists is not is an independent organization. Um, but I was really happy with the representation. Uh, I thought it was very fair, and it was a great primer for people who I who are curious about it to find out more to uh, dispel a lot of uh, misconceptions that are floating around out there so I think this is a this was a really great uh, and well handled documentary break down for us a little bit what is it that the Satanists stand for and how does that maybe conflict with what people may assume that they they know about Satanists well I think uh, one of the major misconceptions is that we are evil or promote evil and I think a more accurate way to say it is that we we are also against evil to the extent that we accept the dichotomy of good and evil in the first place, and that we uh, find more value in a counter-reading of the narrative of Satan as rather than this just inherently absolute evil, but uh, instead being the uh, first rebel, the first person to say no to uh, authority and hierarchy and to give humanity knowledge which otherwise was being denied them. And an interesting point about it that I I thought was articulated in the film more than once was was that for many Satanists it's a non-theistic practice that that they there there may be some people that believe in a in in a literal figure of of satan but it doesn't seem that most of the people in the film actually did in fact many of them um cop to being atheists themselves but a couple of people said if from the london chapter that atheism was not enough that atheist being an atheist was boring and and was simply defining what you are not and satanism for them was defining what they did stand for Right. It's a, a metaphor for expressing our deeply held beliefs and, you know, symbols have power and especially a symbol uh, in our current largely uh, Christian nation in terms of, 
you know, demographics, it's a very powerful symbol that makes people stop and think and reevaluate the narratives that they've been living with. Anecdotally, we do have quite a few members who uh, come from a completely non-religious background cool. and that it, it appeals to them because they recognize that um, this is fighting the fight they want to be a part of and that these are powerful symbols to the people that are causing harm and that, uh, l like the person said in the film, like they found atheism boring and unfulfilling and a lot of them also found uh, you know, secular humanism mm -hmm. to be kind of a, along the same lines. They wanted something more uh, proactive, mm -hmm. I guess, and with a, a more... Um, more active um, sense of sort of fostering what um, a lot of people would flinch at me saying, but the uh, spiritual development of the community. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean a um, metaphysical or supernatural belief, but still mm -hmm. the um, the fulfillment of the person and the, uh, you know, advancing your knowledge, bettering yourself as a person. And um, I haven't found that same kind of community in, in atheist circles and in, in secular humanist circles. Do, mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they're not there, but uh, mm -hmm. I had a lot of similar issues that you had in, in the new atheism and, oh, yeah. and <laughs> stepped out of that. Um, Great. And, and tell us a little bit about your own, your own particular perspective on that. How did you come to, to be a Satanist? Um, I was a, a very devout Christian early on and experienced a crisis of faith when I was young, um, which really troubled me. Uh, and so I started really studying scripture in depth and trying to uh, bolster my faith that I felt was flagging uh, for whatever reason, um, and came to realize that the morality I was finding didn't make much sense through the lens of God as this uh, absolute good and the devil is this absolute evil uh, it it just didn't make sense until I uh, I started thinking like okay well what if the devil's not this absolute evil and only be, only through this perspective of the victor so to speak we're getting that uh, and so I didn't necessarily become a Satanist at that point but I certainly developed quite a bit of uh, sympathy for the devil, so to speak. <laughs> um, and then went through, like some of the people in the documentary said, the, uh, the phase of being a, a, a tenacious little atheist, <laughs> or whatever the phrase was. Um, sassy, I think it was sassy little atheist. Sassy little atheist, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I overcorrected for a while. Um, mm. Was um, antagonistic because I was insecure in the beliefs I had at that point was basically trying them on uh, and then eventually um, with the satanic temple and things like that coming or like I had looked into satanism prior to the satanic temple and kind of went eh, it's not quite for me it's very I didn't have the language for it back then but very Randian and uh, was just like this doesn't really work for me but then reading the tenants for the first time back in I want to say 2014 something like that went okay this really resonates with me this is these are my core values and it's being expressed in a way that makes sense that I've never really been able to codify before first time I learned about the satanic temple 
several years ago, I was like, oh, seven principles. It's Unitary Universalism. It's actually incredible to me that they've got these, these core tenets yeah. that have to do with reason, they have to do with justice over blind loyalty to anachronistic laws, that the um, the body is inviolable, that that freedom of others is paramount and encroaching on on others' freedoms infringes on your own. Beliefs should conform to the best scientific understanding. Acknowledging that people are fallible, that there's sort of a a a, a system for reconciliation for in a in a certain, in a certain way, um, and that that really that it's about inspiring nobility in action and thought. That there should be actions over words, deeds, not words, as some some <laughs> groups might say. You know, I wonder how many. Christians or people from other faiths are watching this film and right. saying if you took away the word Satan and mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. know depending on what type of Christian you are maybe some of the tattoos and and and, and well, the I, have those. Music. I have those yeah so. okay so yeah. all right so yeah. tell, tell us well, a little bit it's funny because I was like man these tenants love them yeah. that's me I'm cool but the other thing that stood out I want to I don't want to take it too far away from it but human nature it's, it's funny how human nature, people do the same things over again. We make the same mistakes. We treat people the same way. And the only thing, I, the thing that came, kept coming to my mind was, man, Satanic Temple and the Black Panther Party. Interesting. Because mm. I was sitting there like, wait, here are the 10 things of the Black Panther Party. Right. And if people would actually read those Without right. having the Black Panther Party over it, right. they'd be like, yeah, that, that, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But time you throw the Black Panther Party over, it's like, oh, no. And so it's the same thing with the satanic. Right. Like, but you'd probably get a number of the people in the film that would agree with you. Oh, yes, the satanic devil and the and Black, Black Panther Party. Right, right. right. But not for the but same reason. Not for the same reason. Like, reason that you're like, coming yo, that's... <laughs> right. Human nature just... I don't know. I actually love hearing that insight because the Black Panther Party comes up in our book reading uh, group within our satanic group quite a bit because uh, not to say, I feel like it'd be unfair to call what they were doing satanic, but it definitely, we find a lot of meaning in their values and what they were doing. They're rebelling against right. something that is oppressing you or doing those things. And I'm exactly. not going to put them saying, you, you can put them on whatever level you want to, but the bottom line is, there was something that was trying to prevent them from being fully human, mm -hmm. right. and they were fighting against it. Right. I mean, I'm just thinking about the whole notion of liberty, humanity, and justice. Those things continue to come up throughout the film, and I think it's important for people to think about even the language that they use, that they um, they were confronting and addressing um, system of, systems of oppression in their fight for religious freedom, but they also said, we want to be collaborators, and I think that's important for people to hear, that we want to work with you, we want to walk with you, we want to collaborate, and and I also thought about um, the fact that one of the statements that stood out to me um, that Lucian said was blasphemy is a declaration of personal independence. I was like, wow, I mean, it, it really is when you think about like the rebel notion and also the idea of I'm trying to identify, like self-identify and say, these are my beliefs. This is why I believe. And it goes into like critical thinking, right? You're not just following blindly what someone has given to you. 
So I even think about my journey. So when I was watching the film, I thought about, like I grew up in a very Pentecostal household. My dad was a Pentecostal preacher. Um, I was not given permission, and I say that um, because that's how I felt. I was not given permission to look at anything outside of myself, outside of the beliefs that were passed on to me. But yet when I went to undergrad, I was given the opportunity to take this class where I had to read The Power of Myth and then I had to read The Tao. And actually my final research paper was really about um, the imagery and the use of the goat, right? And, mm -hmm. and talking about and Satanism. Yeah. And so like just reflecting on that, I felt liberated to look at something outside of myself. Personally, I've also found the film to be really hilarious. I mean, there, was, there were so many great laugh lines in this piece. What were some of your your favorite moments from, from the film? You know, not the heavy stuff, but the, the sort of the lighter moments. The classroom scene mm. for the after school saying club when you have, I don't know if she was a mom, I don't know if she was a community member, but she's like going off talking about the morals and then she's like, you know, you ass. He's like, don't curse around the children. <laughs> I mean, it is like so funny because right. like, you have such this huge argument about morals and teaching children and then yet you're using profanity in the space in which these children are located. Right. And so who are you as a mom? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you teaching? Like, you know, what are the values that you're passing on to your child? And that very public behavior. Right, yeah. right, right. That's, right, that's right. a whole other thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was great. Um, and then two other things I thought were funny. The I believe the only time we hear uh, Penny, the director's voice, is the reveal that the Ten Commandments monument was modeled after the, um, the promotional... Uh, item for the Ten Commandments movie, right. and so yeah, yeah, like yeah. every like all, there wasn't, but it was practically the, like a record, record scratch. Song. Like, and it was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Uh, that was great. Yeah. And then also something I was I wanted to ask uh, what you two thought of it was they suggested the the counter reading how Satan was not evil and trying to interfere, but was like. You know, hey Abraham, maybe, maybe don't, don't kill yeah. your child. Yeah. Hey Jesus, maybe here you're starving. Have some bread. And I wanted to know what you thought of this. Uh, if you were surprised by the not uh, vehemently anti anti Jesus sentiments, but that like maybe there's not actually the conflict there that people tend to think that there is. Yeah. No, I I thought it was beautiful that they brought that up. Like I was like, yeah, that that would make. Sense that would make sense in some ways to say, you know, I see that you're hungry, you're starving, you're going through this suffering almost, and I don't want to, I'm not minimizing like the beliefs of Christians that, you know, uh, that really reflect on that moment in the wilderness. But, you know, you're, when you think about immediately, I thought about scientifically, how long can you live without water? And scientifically, like how long can you live without food? And so when I, when I saw that piece, I was just like, oh, that's very brilliant to bring that up. So yeah, so I, I, I appreciated that they presented that, um, that perspective on it. So no, no issues with me on that. Shifting gears a little bit, I want to go back to some of the religious liberty and religious freedom issues that were raised there. So can either of you walk us through a little bit of your understanding of, of the bases for, for the religious liberty claims that were there? The thing that st stood out to me um, was how all these things are popping up together. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. And so you have these bills that in God we trust bills. 
You have these, uh, um, we want to put the Ten Commandments up bills. We have tie-in of, of abortion bills right. and different type of things like that. That is not uh, coincidence. Um, there is a move to get smaller things done. I, I don't want to talk too much about it, but people can research uh, Project Blitz, mm-hmm. where the people are actually saying, let's put these bills in, and it sounds good. Hey, um, Bible school, Bible classes in school. Well, there was nothing in, in the in, in the Constitution that says you couldn't have those things anyway, but now they want to put it on the books. Well, it seems like a small thing. It seems like a good thing. But really, really what they're trying to do is if we get this Bible class in, then we'll get in God we trust in, and then we'll go. For, if you read the whole Project Blitz, you see at the end, the grand scheme of it is to Make everything a theocracy. Yes. In 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 in, in layman's terms. Now, the legal terms don't don't quote me on that, but that's the uh, what's happening. So, you, we have to take each of these um, seriously and not just say, oh. Um, and that's what I would say to Christian people that I think, hey, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it until you see what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned this in the uh, in the uh, documentary. If you're trying to put in religious laws or take your religion higher than the constitutional laws, you're doing exactly what you accuse other people of Sharia law of mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we have laws of the land. Yeah. You have these other groups that say, oh, uh, they don't even abide by the Constitution. They're going to use their religious laws and make it higher than the laws that are on the books. That's right. what you, that's what you're doing. Well, it comes back to this idea that they they also shared in the film where they were talking about the culture wars in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. This what they were terming the satanic panic, where the groups that were perpetrating the witch hunts were the ones that were actually mm-hmm. acting this out, and they were they were right. naming the the Catholic Church mm-hmm. as one of these in the same way that they were uh, uh, riling up communities. Right. To, to accuse groups of being, or individuals of being satanic, of, 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 of harming children, that actually the church itself was the one that was covering up these, these right. massive child abuse situations, mm-hmm. moving priests around and so forth. So it, it seemed like in, in the film, it did a really great job of outlining that, as you were saying, Charles, this is, it's a concerted effort it's it's been going back a few generations now mm-hmm. and you can trace it from this post world war 2 era of you know evangelical rise with billy graham and so forth mm-hmm. through the rise of the christian right um, religious right through the 80s and so forth and and to the present day where we have as you're saying really these package of of legislation mm-hmm. that's being lobbied very strongly because the people now in place to, to make that happen. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Sabrina, what, what what were some of your reflections looking at sort of the, the yeah constitutional side of these? Um, I would just say this. I want to speak more so to the importance of education, right? And, and looking at the timeline of history that they beautifully outlined mm-hmm. um, how this has come to be, it just reminds me that civic education is so important and that people need to really understand uh, why religious liberty and uh, religious freedom is important and the First Amendment should be protected. Um, And so for me, looking at this, I just think about education, like the importance of education and our responsibility to also help educate others about this topic. And, and that's some of the work, that's the work that we do here at the Religious Freedom Center is right to really teach legal literacy around religious, uh, around religious freedom 
them and also to teach uh, about uh, civil dialogue and how we can engage one another in this very important topic. I'm not a legal expert, so I can't speak to any of the cases, but it just it's a reminder that if we continue to allow these things to be, then we'll continue to be having, it will continue to have issues in our country. And so we have to uh, stand with one another and, and develop an understanding about protecting this right constitutionally and it goes back to human rights, mm-hmm. right? For me, like I'm seeing this and I'm just thinking about the humanity of it. And one of the things, and it gets off your question about the about the case, but just even seeing Lucian have to put on um, a, a, um, a bulletproof vest, the leader right? Of the, the leader temple. of the satanic temple to have to put on a bulletproof vest. And it's like, you're trying to take a stand to protect what is constitutionally protects, what constitutionally protects all of us and so I think that's where education comes into play that you know people are uh, people are killing people that are actually trying to be advocates mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so so we need there's a lot of work that needs to happen and it just goes to show that you know it, I personally feel like I have a responsibility to tell others to watch this film mm-hmm. so I did get a chance to talk to the film's director Penny Lane and she had a few interesting things to say just about the backstory of how it was that she was able to get access to the Satanic Temple and um, what it took to work with them over, over the course of, of a few years. There was a kind of interesting tension between thinking that there was almost like a, a media prank happening, but also like it, there was obviously something very real going on because there were all these chapters all over the country. They were already a, an established group by the time you met them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if the film covers, like, a six-year period, I was um, showing up in, like, year three. A number of the main characters in there, there's the use of pseudonyms, but then there's also just full-on anonymity that they're their faces are not presented. So how did you deal with that when you were working with the group? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's like perfectly obvious why some people might want to use pseudonyms in relationship to this work. Um, There's a great deal of uh, animosity directed towards Satanists in our culture. So um, all you have to really do is imagine that you might have like kids in public school or something, you know. Um, and that would explain why people would might want to, in certain cases, remain anonymous. And I had no interest in, like, doxing anyone that didn't want to be sort of known publicly by their real name. These are people who put their reputations and lives on the line to defend the religious freedom that applies equally to everybody, including you and me. So, you know, whatever you think of their personalities, like, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. Like, you might think they're annoying or jerks or whatever. But in, in, mm-hmm. my, in my heart, at the beginning of the project, I was very clear that my goal was to elevate their status, the status of, like, the heretic and the outsider and the skeptic to that of hero. Because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really important sort of role they play or jobs they perform in society. Like, you need people like that. Whether, again, most of us don't choose to do the the work of, you know, standing up for what's right, even when it makes everyone hate you. (laughs) But but they do it, you know? Um, And I just thought that that was, like, really heroic. Was there a a reluctance on the part of some of the 
central characters like Lucian or Jex to to be involved with a, a film, or did they jump at the chance to be a part of your project? Oh, they did not jump at the chance uh, at all. I would say that they were all pretty, they're all just like savvy enough to know what they were signing up for, I guess. You know, like it, they're not naive people. Like they knew what the risk was of letting me in like this. They had no creative control, of course, over what I made. So, you know, they had to kind of like trust me and take a leap of faith along with me that I would try to do justice to their story and not, you know, sort of, I don't know, get them killed. Uh, so it was, I think they were taking a huge risk by allowing us the kind of access they did. And they were very, very aware of that risk, like every step of the way. How did you convince them that you, you were the right person to tell their story? I, I think that they, you know, it was just a lot of conversations. And I think that I made it really clear that I was not out to make a kind of biographical portrait film, which I think they would have said no to. I mean, I know they would have said no to. Like, they had no interest in being part of a film that was like, Satanists, they're just like you and me. Like, here they are playing with their dogs and, like, you know, look, they have kids and they love their parents. Like, whatever. Like, they, they thought that kind of thing was, like, really kind of almost intellectually insulting when the issues that they were trying to contend with on a daily basis were, like, so important and interesting philosophically and legally and historically and everything else. So I think that they just needed to know that my intention was to make a film that grappled, you know, as deeply as possible with the complexity of these, you know, important issues they've, like, devoted their lives to. And that wouldn't just sort of show, like, you know, rubbernecking at weird Satanists or something. And that I didn't really care, frankly, that much about each of their personal stories. Like, you don't really get a lot of background, biographical detail in the film. And that's because I'm not interested in that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I just really wanted to contend with, like, American history and legal jurisprudence and, uh, you know, sort of the, the status of religion and modernity and, you know, other, like, more important and interesting things than, like, where did Lucian grow up and what happened to his eye or something. Like, it's not like any of them are doing this to get lots of, like, positive attention. <laughs> it's not what they get for it at all. Right. Yeah, I think I, I, I know a couple people in the Bible that have that <laughs> similar yeah. philosophy. Exactly. <laughs> so did you ever feel, in the course of the work, ever convinced or compelled by the message of uh, uh, the Satanic Temple to actually join? Um, yeah, I, I, I thought about it, um, but, uh, yeah, I just didn't, you know, I'm just not a Satanist, like, you know, I, I feel aligned with their mission, and I feel allied to their cause, um, but I'm not, I'm, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a religious identity, and, um, that, that really has to come from, has to resonate with you, you know, in a religious mm -hmm. way. And uh, it just doesn't for me, so I, re I remain a lonely, unaffiliated atheist. I wanted to ask, particularly the two of you, since you're coming from um, specifically Christian backgrounds, how do you feel people, I don't even know how they would get to seeing this film, but, but would encounter Satanists, this must totally blow their hair back. I feel like this about interface things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you get those people in the room and see how it really is, right. they they might learn something. But 
Getting them in the room is the problem. Mm -hmm. You can't get them in the room once they hear inner faith. Oh my God! Or once they hear Satan. Oh my God! Well, I, you know? I feel I feel like we have. If we're gonna just stay on the Satan the Satanist piece for a second, I feel like it, this is a special case. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because because this is this is if somebody has grown up with this, and I right. mean, I I don't want to talk for you. You no. could tell me a right. lot better, but. They're 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 taking up the mantle of the adversary. All the imagery of of something that people have been taught is the is the incarnate of evil. So I've I've seen it just in talking about this film, wanting to have this conversation. A like the color leaves somebody's face that mm -hmm. they just they can't even put words together to even talk. I don't want to deal with it. I right. can't. I can't. Right. Go there. It, right. it hits a, that root, deep of a level. If the color leaves my face, something's wrong. Okay. <laughs> it's not wrong. That's not, like, anyway, no. Uh, no uh, so you're saying the right. You're saying the right thing. Like it's um, it's a deep. It's something deep down. And and anytime what I've learned in my life, anytime something's that deep, I need to think about it a little bit. Like if that's that deep, if that's been ingrained in me and taught taught to me in that deep of a place where I can't critically think about it, then I almost feel like one of the one of the uh the quotes that he said, you know, if something's that for any of you, it's it's not uh it's like no freedom. It's almost slavery to you. You mm. you're, you're captured by it. So in my learning now, I don't want anything to have that on me. To put me in a place where I'm in chains. I think I said that other day. I, I don't like anything to have me in chains like that. But that your faith feels like slavery. That my faith feels like slavery in that. So to go back to your answer your question, that's how we have to try to get other people to see this. Say, look, I watched this. I didn't burn. Right, okay? like, right. Mm -hmm. For real. Like yeah. I, I say that as a joke, but that is, you know, mm -hmm. certain people would have, if I told them I was coming to watch this, let me put some holy water on you. I didn't take any holy water to come here today. Just I, even watching Just the even film. watching Just being in the room yeah, with Derek. It's like the dungeon. And, I was going to make, <laughs> but Derek, I was going to make the laugh when you, when we were, the joke when you were talking about, oh, how uh, you came to this. I was like, you, it wasn't Dungeons and Dragons? It, wasn't, it wasn't uh the Ouija board and none of those things like that? So No, no, Satanism brought me to Dungeons and Dragons. Ah, <laughs> ah. This yeah. is interesting to me, though, because I hope that, in a way, this movie gives people who have to operate in Christian America a little taste of what it's like. Like, mm. I've been spit at and screamed at in public for being and saying I was an atheist and no one came to help me you know like we have to walk on tiptoes all the time you know and be very careful I mean I want my kids to be able to say whatever you know they are and not have to worry about you know being uh you know fear of being assaulted because of you know their proclaiming their faith or not no faith and you know I'm a white woman and I say this like imagine and I don't like you can't look at me and tell that I'm anything imagine being a, a Muslim woman in hijab and like mm -hmm. what that must be like you know mm -hmm. so I just hope this film like gives those you know people who accidentally get to see it maybe or whatever or whatever in the room accidentally in the room like a little piece of like this is what it's like operating as a non-Christian in a Christian, Christian, you know, hegemonist world or America or whatever for a little tiny bit. Like, there's so much tiptoe walking you have to do. And, so, so 
I wonder. I wonder if they're bringing their Bible group on on Wednesday nights over to the, the marquee right, that says they'll right, say. Yeah. I mean, the question mark is there. It's idea. it's yeah. it's a question. It's not an affirmative statement. It's not a declaration. It is. It is, the title of the film is a question. But I I wonder how many Bible groups are actually going there. But but this is this is a a, a, a serious piece. So you know something that you raised, Charles. How how do you think we could possibly bring groups into conversation with each other right how could we bring you know we talk about in interfaith circles bringing in um conservative christians for example Mm -hmm. bringing in evangelicals that are a bit more right of center um because there is a, a trepidation around around going into interfaith spaces right you know maybe it's okay with with jews uh, Muslims, depending on the community, might be of a longer walk. Mm-hmm. Um, Buddhists, Hindus, Baha'is, anybody else, you know, getting further and further away because these are more of the unknown. Once you say, guess what? There's going to be some Satanists at the interfaith thing too. What's the likelihood of bringing those people into that conversation? What do you What do you think of the tactics that could be used to be able to do that? Right. I think it's important about humanizing individuals, right, and thinking of being intentional about engaging in dialogue and really um, connecting with people that are like have a really healthy sense of curiosity. And I say that to in a sense, there. right, to start there, it has to be a healthy sense of curiosity. People that are. Um, uh, I, I don't want to use jacked up, but I can't think of that are not self-aware themselves and not strong enough in themselves to be a part of this conversation need not be a part of it because they don't need to enter into the space causing more damage than good. So the whole um, the importance or the significance of being in dialogue is to seek understanding. And I think to have people that, you know, to put it out there to like friends, people you know, and say, hey, have you, have you thought about this? Have you you know, or to start with small gatherings of people and not necessarily try to have a massive effort. But mm. people that know and trust you, I mean, I think about even in the doctoral work that I did around bridging the gap of race and interfaith relations, a lot of people told me that they came because they trusted the relationship that they had with me. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some type of genuine mm-hmm. relationship to engage in this. Mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful thing that Derek even trusted us to enough to be a part of this conversation right, exactly. right. because um, as we talked, you were talking about sometimes and I appreciate that you asked me questions about are you okay with me posting a picture of you? Are you okay? Because, you know, some people haven't come out, you know, as being Satanists and so I think that it's so important that there is some type of relationship, some, some, some type of trust and genuine and healthy curiosity around that. Mm-hmm. If I can say two things, once you get them in the room, for me, yes, the relationship is there's two things that I try to use. I'm former military, so that gives me a little um, in with certain people mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the conservative side, mm-hmm. you know. And so when I say, "Hey, I'm in the military. My dad was in the Marines. My brother just came back from Afghanistan. We went over there. You got we some credentials. To, yeah, it's like you get a little credibility and say, "Hey, we were, people were in the military for everyone's freedom." And then the second thing that I always do is. Many people that have that uh, that block that say they can't go past this Christian thing. If you talk about citizenship, and this is not an immigration thing, it's just hey, are you a citizen? Yes, I'm a citizen. I'm a citizen too. So both of have both of us have the same rights. 
Correct? Yes. Okay, so there's no such thing as a second-class citizen, right? No. So whatever freedom you have, I have to have, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Same thing with religion. There's no such thing as a second-class religion. Mm -hmm. You have your freedom of yours, you have to give it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And if you can start there, then you maybe can get them to move a little in there. And, and don't think you're going to do all, it all at one time. Right. You know, it's going to be a, yeah. a, a mm -hmm. process. process. Right. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Derek, I'm curious for you, what has been your interfaith engagement and how, how have you been received in the efforts that you've been a part of? Um, I think overall we've been fairly well received, but we also have uh, <clears throat> sort of run in circles that are already fairly broadly accepting anyway. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the activities that you, I mean, you know, for example, the groups here, they're, they're, they showed in the film that the Satanic Temple chapters were engaged in a lot of community service, yes. right? And interfaith, that's one avenue mm -hmm. of, of, of engagement in, on interfaith spaces. So what are, what are some of the avenues that you've been a part of? Well, we've been uh, a part of, we attended a fundraiser for HIPS, which is a, a harm reduction group for uh, sex workers here in DC. Mm -hmm. uh, we are working on a fundraiser for Baltimore Trans Alliance. Um, we've worked with black non-believers, uh, which is actually how we found out about mm -hmm. the um, disrupting the narrative by the Religious Freedom Center, which is how I sort of stumbled backwards into being here today. Yeah. <laughs> and we're glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what, what about but, some of the more sort of longer standing or institutionalized interfaith organizations in the in the DC metro area have you have you had any engagement with any of those groups not much but we're still a very young organization um, in fact in our current iteration we have been around for basically two to three months um, oh, so we've wow. gotten quite a bit done in a very short amount of time mm -hmm. um, and are working on um, building collaboration with other people but we still are sort of uh, reaching out, and so now we have um, various non-believer organizations we're working with, and some interfaith organizations. But uh, beyond that, still trying to build bridges and show people of various faiths that we can be good collaborators. Because, as was mentioned in the film, even Christians should be offended by this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But meaning the encroachment of uh, theocracy into mm -hmm. American politics, mm -hmm. because it's bad for everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. And and. On a personal level, have you heard anecdotally reflections that either things that you've experienced or reflections anecdotally that you've heard from colleagues and community members about ways that they've engaged with other people from, from different faiths and, and how they've been received in those spaces? Yeah, not to retread, but I think a lot of it is um, if you engage with people as people, they'll go like, oh, okay, I can kind of see where you're coming from. And they read the seven tenets, which our group also adheres to, and say, these are great. Like there's, uh, despite the the um, polarizing symbol you're using, these are uh, fairly universal uh, uh, ideas that everyone can kind of get behind. Um, yeah. So there hasn't been, uh, whenever we come face to face with people, it, there tends not to be a huge problem. Okay, so wrapping up, because uh, it's getting late yes, here. Yeah. Um, 
So would you recommend this film to people? Do you feel like people should go um, out and see this film? Yes, I would certainly recommend this film for everyone. I think um, if people took the derogatory label that is placed on the individuals in the film, right? Although they're in, in, in the way in which it's perceived by the larger audience and think about the tenants and think about their fight for liberty, justice, and humanity. Um, I think that people will be able to find common ground and connect with their neighbors. So I absolutely recommend that people go see the film and that they develop a healthy sense of curiosity about this, about this community, about the satanic community, but also um, about religious liberty overall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There, that's that's exactly why. Go see it. Yeah. I, I can't stand when you judge something and don't even know what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. F find out what it is, and then you can have your opinion on it. Mm -hmm. So I, I love the fact that th this film actually gave me a, a better understanding of what uh, the Satanic Temple is mm -hmm. um, and, and an understanding of beliefs. And now I can be better educated in what I think about it and when I speak on it. Mm -hmm. And if that's not who you're trying to be, I don't want to be around you anyway. But that's that's my biggest push for the film is just you now you're gonna know exactly what it is, and then you can make your decision on stuff. But great film. Um, I definitely recommend it. I think it's a great primer for the Satanic Temple and for the movement in general. Uh, I, I you know whether or not you agree with them or not, I think it's more helpful to actually. Uh, know what they do represent rather than just assuming you know and and uh and carrying these misconceptions you know if you're gonna hate them hate them for what they actually are okay. um so yeah. five pentagrams out of five yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got there we figured out what it was when we got there <laughs>